Welcome to the Complete Manager Makeover Podcast, a management training and leadership development platform focused on providing managers and business owners with practical compliance and employee relations tips, tools, and techniques for every stage of their career or business. Our mission is to slash the statistic that employees don't quit their jobs, they quit their bad managers. Not anymore, because we are transforming the human and human resources with the complete manager makeover. We want to talk today about 10 supervisory mistakes to avoid because we are all supervisors in our capacities as people managers, as human resources representatives, and supervisors, regardless of where you are in the organization, are often the first line for shaping employee engagement, productivity, overseeing compliance in the workplace and policies. And without the proper training, direction, and oversight, supervisors may more than likely make some missteps in these areas. And we do have an ebook on this as well that will help you recognize some of the most common supervisory mistakes and what you can do to avoid them. So first and foremost, It starts at the very beginning and poorly executed interviews is the number one mistake from being ill prepared to ask inappropriate questions or ask appropriate questions. There are several ways interviews can go off track and lead to an uninformed hiring decision. I'm sure we've all had a situation where we want to connect with the candidate we want to you know build rapport and in so doing we might just become friends even in that short interview creating what's called a halo effect. I like them as a person we get along we like the same things and that overshadows the core of making sure during that interview process that we are getting all of the information we need to make the informed decision about not just will they fit into the culture, but can they actually do the job? And during an interview, supervisors you know, may be familiar with and refer to a list of common interview questions that validate the job duties, responsibilities, and the skills that are required. And if you're doing interviews, I encourage you to look at those questions that you're asking and make sure what information am I getting from this relative to whether they can do the job or not. I love looking at resumes and looking for those improvements by 10% or decreases in 5% and really using those as a tool to say, so Joe, it shows here that you decreased expenses in the department overall by 15%. What exactly did you do to accomplish that? And if they can't articulate auditing, making sure that there were controls in place, looking at the procurement processes, really getting into the deep dive of how they achieved that and accomplished it, you might be a little bit less inclined to believe that they actually achieved that. So the second mistake that supervisors tend to make is wage and hour violations. Supervisors play an important role in complying with the FLSA, that's the Fair Labor Standards Act. And they do so by ensuring that they properly account for the employee's time. Informing supervisors of the state 
federal and local rules that govern your wages, your hours, your overtime, and instruct them to comply with these requirements at all times. That's critical. We always wanna make sure that even if an employee works unauthorized overtime, we as an employer are still required to pay it. Now, what can we do with that employee? We can coach and counsel and correct the performance, but they must be paid for all time worked. Make sure that your supervisors are not encouraging employees to clock out and keep working. Make sure that if you have periods of time, particularly in the meal period, that are, if they're worked in any way by that employee, that does become compensable time. They need to be paid for that, that half hour or that hour if any work was done during that time. If they're completely off and they're not picking up phones, they're you know not reading the report that you gave them to do and what have you, then absolutely that is a valid meal period. So just keep in mind that training your supervisors in these best practices, making sure that they're signing off on employee time cards each period, conducting periodic audits to make sure that the company procedures are being followed is really important to reduce wage and hour violations. And these are just high level overviews. We could probably take a, a 30 minute conversation, if not more, in each of these topics. The third one is mistake to avoid is mishandling leave or accommodation requests. Supervisors need to know not just the intricate details of handling the request, but really more when to trigger a phone call to your human resources representative or leadership. Making sure that supervisors understand leave relative to reasonable accommodations for disabilities in the workplace, religious practices or beliefs. These are procedures that are governed by federal, state, and local law, and they may require certain notices to be provided to the employee, particularly with reasonable accommodations. Not everybody gets one. There is what's called the interactive process between the employee and the employer to determine what that accommodation might be. In addition to that, maybe there's an employee who just went missing for two or three days. We have no idea. And we tend to want to say, oh, well, they've no called, no showed without knowing whether or not that employee might be injured, might be laid up in the hospital without any way to communicate. That situation doesn't trigger a no call, no show and a separation from employment, that could very well trigger any leave policies you have in place, particularly for employers over that 50 hour threshold or those who choose to have a voluntary leave program. So caution your supervisors always to kind of question the reasons for leave when people go missing so that you as the HR individuals can raise the red flag and say, hmm, do I have an accommodation issue? Do I have an ADA issue? Do I have a family medical leave issue or any of the other protective leaves that are out there? Supervisors need to respond to these requests in a consistent, non-discriminatory manner. And employers need to provide supervisors with these guidelines. And that's why we provide the manager training membership as well. So the fourth mistake to avoid is ineffective goal setting. You know, we see this all the time where employees are onboarded, they join the organization or they join the department, and they really don't have a clear goal of what the expectations are in the workplace. This is where things like 
checklists and duties, responsibilities comes into play. This is where job descriptions become so important because goal setting is important for creating performance expectations, informing employees of how those achievements will be measured, but also holding them accountable to make sure that they're meeting their goals, particularly when it comes to performance. And then you also want to have an opportunity to create what we call SMART goals. SMART goals provide the framework when setting performance goals. And you've seen different words for the different letters, but our model is specific. Make sure that the goal is very specific, not reduce expenses. A little bit kind of broad there, right? Make sure it's specific. It's measurable. How are you going to make sure that you can measure it? If I started at 2% decrease in expenses, how am I going to track that it actually improved to the 10% they've been tasked with? Make it achievable. You don't want to create one that is so out of it that there's no way I can achieve that, right? I mean, I wish I could lose, you know, 50 pounds in three weeks. Is that achievable? I don't think so, right? So they've got to be achievable and realistic that we can actually make sure that they're accomplishable. And then timely, make sure that they're timely. When is it supposed to be done? I have a dear friend of mine that says a goal without a date is just a dream. <laughs> okay, so make sure what is that time frame? Exactly. The fifth mistake to avoid in supervision is failing to address issues promptly. Many of us just do not like conflict, but handling performance problems, conduct issues and conflicts between employees are some of the most difficult supervisory duties because these tasks may be considered less desirable. Supervisors are sometimes slow to address them because maybe they just don't have the skills and tools on what to say. Again, that's why we do what we do to help equip supervisors and managers to have those conversations, to improve the performance, to have someone leave encouraged and motivating. And ignoring these issues often delays the action, just aggravates the problem. So the longer you wait, the more the employee sees that it's okay, that it's being condoned, that they're not being held accountable, and it creates that snowball effect and increases the problem. So make sure that you're providing supervisors with proper training and guidelines for responding to and documenting all these kinds of situations. The sixth mistake to avoid is acting inconsistently. Have you ever been at a company where you are being treated differently in terms of the enforcement of company policies, procedures? While supervisors are often given some amount of autonomy to, you know, make critical decisions, employee terminations, maybe documenting performance, they should never be made without careful consideration and proper review with the appropriate people to ensure that one supervisor in one department isn't doing something differently than another supervisor in the other department. That performance policies and procedures are consistently acted upon in the workplace. So employers, again, provide with training how to enforce company policies. What is the attendance rule? Is it three times in a month that is excessive? Is it four times in two months? So that there's consistency throughout the organization, especially 
as organizations grow and then hold everyone accountable to those standards. They should also be provided supervisors, that is, with guidance on the types of situation that would require consultation with the manager or legal counsel or the HR representative and those that they have the autonomy to go ahead and take care of in the workplace. Again, nothing beats effective training, some guidelines and oversight, which help the supervisor to mitigate and reduce these common mistakes. Employers need to review all of these areas on a regular basis. And I always encourage ongoing training for supervisors, right? You got to hear it again and again and again, even us as managers, repetition creates conformance. The seventh mistake to avoid is infrequent communications. Supervisors should convey important company information to employees on a regular basis. Employees want to know they are part of your organization. They want to know what's going on, what's new, what's changing provided it's not confidential information, that creates engagement. They honestly feel as though they're part of the larger team. And when there's transparency throughout the organization, that helps to improve engagement as well. When employees remain informed, they are more likely to understand how their work impacts company objectives, uh, which can help to increase engagement, motivation, and of course, longevity in the workplace. Guide supervisors, of course, on what information to share and sometimes how to convey it. It may be an organizational change that might be a little bit rocky. So make sure that you're training individuals on change management, how to get that buy-in, how to have that conversation, how to make employees part of that change. If company information is given, do so with company-wide meetings or uh, staff meetings. Encourage all levels of the organization to come and discuss it during these department meetings. And even one-on-one meetings can happen as well. Or the eighth supervisory mistake to avoid is insufficient feedback. We see this particularly with our Generation Z entering into the workplace, Generation Y, also known as millennials. Effective feedback helps these employees understand the areas that they are doing well and where they might need to improve. If feedback isn't given frequently enough or not at all, it might leave employees, particularly in these generations, unsure of where they stand and lead to decreased engagement and performance. Keep in mind that that is a generational trait because these individuals have been raised knowing the roadmap to everything. They watch YouTube videos. They know how to start and finish something. All the instructions are there. So when that's absent in the workplace, that can create some disconnects. But that's a generational diversity conversation and training that's uh, another three or four hours. Just wanted to touch on the importance of that relative to the supervisory mistakes. Supervisors should provide frequent timely yet constructive feedback throughout the year, making sure that they are checking in. When possible, feedback should be delivered in person. It is never a good idea to deliver feedback via an email or memo. Did I just date myself on that one? It's important that supervisors, you know, are skilled and equipped to have those conversations face-to-face ensuring that you never give critical feedback publicly. Negative feedback should always be given privately and and with guidance on how they can improve and an encouragement to 
tell them that you know that they will. The ninth supervisory mistake to avoid is too little or zero recognition. Sometimes supervisors forget the importance of recognizing and rewarding positive performance. We're often quick to correct performance issues while we may not be as quick to recognize and reward positive performance. When employees know their efforts are appreciated, it can encourage them to continue that same hard work and continue to meet their goals and objectives and that of the company as well. Keep in mind, recognition can be formal and informal. It doesn't always need to involve a monetary reward. We actually have an ebook in our membership that is employee engagement from A to Z and uh, rewarding your employees employees from, you know, with zero or no, or no dollars, low cost, no cost ways. I used to do what was called the lifesaver program at one of the organizations I worked for. And it was a simple roll of lifesavers candy attached to a note with a pretty ribbon on it. And it said, thanks for being a lifesaver. And we wrote down what that was. Maybe they picked up an extra shift, worked a double, came in on their day off, whatever it was to recognize them as the lifesaver in helping the organization. That doesn't cost much, but these days about a dollar. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So com- Consider public praise when it's necessary, a handwritten note, recognizing an employee's accomplishment, work that they did on a project or a development opportunity. Supervisors need to consider the individual motivators and tailor those rewards and recognition accordingly. We have a document that we use for onboarding and it'll be put in the Facebook group page. So get, you know, get in there. We'll definitely put it on the public page and the, and the exclusive page that actually gives you what's your favorite sports team? What's your favorite color? What are your favorite places to shop and things of that nature? So that when you've got to give recognition to that particular employee, you can take a look at that and and get them something that's really very personal to them. In addition to that, many of your payroll systems or HRIS systems might be able to have some of these custom fields so that you can completely automate that during the onboarding process. And finally, the 10th supervisory mistake to avoid is neglecting training and development. That's what this conversation has been all about. Training can give employees and your supervisors the skills that they need to succeed in their job and provide development opportunities so that they are actually feeling engaged with the organization, knowing that their growth is happening within the organization. Both are important components of employee satisfaction, engagement, and success. And again, we encourage you to get involved on the supervisory level with the complete manager makeover. To find out about our workshops, you can certainly you know link up to us on our pages. The completemanagermakeover.com where you can learn some more regarding all of the different training that we offer to supervisors and managers. And supervisors should work to continually train and develop their staff so that they can move up in the organization, creating some succession planning along the way. It's been my pleasure to provide this content to you today on the 10 supervisory mistakes to avoid. Well, that's our show today. Thanks for listening to the Complete Manager Makeover. I'm Lisa Perez. If you enjoyed our show and want to know more about our community or training resources, search for us on the web, Instagram, 
Facebook, or LinkedIn at The Complete Manager Makeover, where I invite you to become part of our community. Please leave us a review and share our movement to transform the human in human resources with The Complete Manager Makeover.